0: We do have now uh, Crispin Peary, who is a spokesperson of the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services. Maybe some of these questions you can pose directly to him. Crispin, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela. Thank you so much for really talking to us. Uh, Richard, I don't know if you heard the question earlier. Richard is saying that part of the problem, as we know, with COVID-19 is poverty and, and unemployment and so on. Does this now mean that we have 19,000 extra people who are going to also be scrambling for for no food, no jobs and so on?
1: On the contrary, what we do know from COVID-19 that it's quite indiscriminate in classes that it attacks and most of the time. Most of the people that um, actually imported the virus are of a specific class, so I wouldn't say that it's a it's a it's it's a poverty type of disease. Um, but what we do know is that the officials that interact with offenders um, also run the risk of bringing the of the virus inside a very confined space, which makes it very possible for the virus to to run amok in correctional facilities, and that's what we're preventing here. It is also true that the very same um, officials may then contact the virus from inside from a lot of people and you will not be able to necessarily check who the contact is and then spread it back into the community. So it's a double-edged sword in that you have to protect the community by somehow ensuring that in confined spaces um, there is adequate social distancing that can take place so that the virus cannot thrive. So that's the rationale um, in the Bay, and and that's what we... We're trying to look at, I also heard, I think he said his name was Richard.
0: Do do me a favor, Crispin, if you don't mind, please, I beg of you, if you can just hold on for one second so that we can quickly do the headlines. Lots of people want to ask you questions, if you don't mind. Do you mind just giving us two minutes to do the headlines?
1: Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk.
0: Thank you so much for staying with us. And I also want to appreciate the fact that Crispin Peary, spokesperson of the Ministry of Justice and Correctional oh, Services, has allowed us time to continue this conversation and also allowed your questions to come through. Uh, let's go quickly to who been who's been holding for a while. Pule, thank you so much for calling. Good afternoon. Yes, yeah, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Go ahead, Bule. Yes, look, um, my my
1: question is rather simple. Are they agreed?
0: Bula, we lost you for a second there. Please repeat your question.
1: About the victims of crime, when they give these people parole,
0: true.
1: Right. Um, uh, the, the other thing, I um, want just to make a statement that uh, you know, to to err uh, is human, and to forgive is divine. We need to forgive these people when they come out from prison. I want to add on the issue of unemployment. We are going to add on the unemployment figures, going high with nineteen thousand.
0: Thanks very much. Crispin, that concern has come through quite a few times, uh, even on WhatsApp where people are saying um ordinarily they would have been given three meals or two meals uh, in prison. We are now going to be seeing again people who are going to be hungry. Do we have contingency plans for these people in terms of offering them uh, I don't know basic needs? Uh,
1: I think let me just echo the sentiment of Bulle's call where he says that uh, Um, it's important that we forgive people who have wronged us in society. And that's the whole process of restorative justice in the main. And the key to restorative justice is consulting with the victims. And so that is a precondition for this process to happen. As the minister had outlined, that although ordinarily you would have the victim consultation process and the parole process taking place in the center, now it's going to have to be done remotely via IT facilities or, if where possible, even telephone facilities. So,
0: So, in other words, is that the uh, parole board that would we'll be sitting in would also have that as part of the process?
1: It has to have that built okay. into the process, yes. All right. Um, the second component is um, how, how you're reducing unemployed people back into society. Um, one of the things that the minister had highlighted towards the end of his uh, of of the press conference. So to say that most of these offenders are required to perform certain community mm-hmm. uh, projects in the community. And so that would still take place. Because um, remember, it's a parole. So they're not scot-free. They're still under the regime of community correction. So it still means that when necessary, correctional services can use them to perform certain uh, community projects. For example, mm-hmm. let's say the Department of Public Works needed to ensure that we have a quarantine site somewhere Mm. Um, these offenders would be able to assist in that regard Um, but what is important here is that it's a parole process it's not a process of necessarily letting people go free completely what it means is that they continue to serve their sentences but in our communities and also the category of offenders that are being released are a very specific category it is not every single offender in a correctional center that will qualify for this release. It is Crispin. the vulnerable groups that fall in this, in, in this number of 19,000. And by vulnerable, vulnerable groups, we're talking about people who have already compromised immune systems and that are likely to contract the virus inside. And so to ensure that at least we increase their chances of them not contracting the virus on the inside, it, it is then prudent to ensure that they're on the outside where they have better access to health care, although they would have access to health care in our correctional centers, but the risks of them contracting the virus on the inside and passing it on in a confined space is infinitely higher than them contracting it in the community and the community managing it from a community
0: health point of view. Crispin, let's expand on that. Thanks for starting that in, in in giving us a sense of, in terms of at least health-wise, these are people who would ordinarily probably be compromised. Their immune systems would be compromised with whatever disease it is. That's the one element. And the minister was asked the question about what would be a minor Offence, he and and he was quite clear in saying it's quite complicated. It's not a simple black and white answer. It, it's quite complicated. In in your simple definition for those who are listening, we've spoken about the health element. What other um, criteria would they be for this person?
1: Nonviolence. and I think that's an important thing that we we must underline that the the crimes that these people um, would be the parole regime that this benefit is for non-violent crime. So it's not someone who has committed a very serious contact crime. Rather, it's someone who has committed, for argument's sake, stealing a chocolate, um, but somehow they found themselves in prison for, a-, for a long period of time. Or someone who, who may have stolen property, but of course to not an extent where there was um, harm caused on, a, on an individual or a, to some extent um, a violent crime. That That's really the criteria, and I think that's the a word that um, viewers should hang on to that these individuals have not been incarcerated for what we may call a violent crime.
0: Okay. D- would there be a distinction between, you know, yes, no violent, we get that. Would there be a distinction between someone who defrauded the system of billions and then the difference between that and somebody who stole a chocolate?
1: No, no, I think that's a, that's an important uh, question that you're raising. Uh, and and theft is theft, uh, whether it's uh, stealing billions or whether it's stealing a chocolate. But of course, when the court has sentenced that individual, the number of years that they've given them is considerate to the, the actual effect of that crime um, in the community. Mm.
0: I, I do, I, I've got to ask you again to just give us two, so, two more uh, minutes because there are so many people who want to ask you questions, question, Crispin. I know you've got to go and I know you've got to speak to other people, but I beg of you, two more minutes of your time and then I promise you we'll let you go. Crispin Perry, okay. spokesperson of the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services, just taking your questions there. We'll come back after this. Okay, uh, very kindly, Crispin Piri has agreed to stay with us. He's a spokesperson of the Ministry of uh, Justice and Correctional Services. Uh, on the back of that announcement that came through earlier from the minister that there will be some uh, p- p- parolees who are going to be released. Uh, the number is not quite defined, but around 19,000 and so on. And many of you have lots of questions. Uh, Crispin, one question that's coming through before I play you a voice note is, does that? what does that mean to now new offenders in other words does it mean you're going to also be uh, a bit slack on arresting people
1: um, absolutely not so if you commit a crime now depending on the category of crime of course you will be incarcerated and justice will have to take its course um, so this is in no way short-circuiting the justice process um it is actually a means of ensuring that at least we adhere to humanitarian conditions so that um, we don't find ourselves in a situation where we violate the human rights of certain offenders um, in, in our facilities by exposing them to a possible contraction of the virus. However, um, so, however, that does not mean that the justice system is not going to work at all. But having said that, one thing that I do need to stress is that we have put in a protocol in place which requires uh, police officers and the National Prosecuting Authority to be very discretionate about who requires to be incarcerated during these times because Mm -hmm. we don't want people to be entering correctional facilities for what we would term as petty crimes in the main. If you can ensure that the individual can still appear in court without being incarcerated, then that must be the default position.
0: Crispin, that's a that's a fine line, very fine line at a time like this, because it is an offence to, for instance, drive around after nine o'clock without a permit, for argument's sake. So what what does that mean for me and the police officer that stops me?
1: Yes, it that is enough that is an that it is an offence is not debatable. Yes. But whether you need to be incarcerated there and there or yes.
0: before being brought to court, yes. is, is what is debatable. I hear you. All right, let's quickly listen to a voice note. I don't know if i missed it but um are there quarantine um processes in place for the prisoners that they will release or are they just releasing them into the into society without being quarantined first i'll take another question before you get a chance to answer anonymous good afternoon and thank you so much for calling uh let's hear what your question is all right okay let me just quickly move to crispin first before we go to anonymous because we've got a problem with that line crispin you want to respond to that
1: Yeah, that question assumes that um, all these people that we are reducing are COVID-19 positive, Mm -hmm. and that is not the case. Um, They are being screened, and they will have to be screened, of course, and subjected to all other tests so that they do not exhibit symptoms, and to some extent they are not asymptomatic. So some of them and most of them in our correctional centers have been tested already because you would recall that we've had certain outbreaks in some centers. So most of them have been tested already, and we've got their results. Um, In our big five centers as well, um, there has been some tests i know for sure that housing the housing department of health has gone around our centers and showed that some tests are administered so yeah
0: um Kristen, but, it, I, but i but i think i mean I, I, let me just uh defend this caller a little bit in the sense that that's not quite what she's saying because if you if you have the kind of criteria that we have in this country where you say anybody that arrives in this country positive or not has to be quarantined that's That's what we are doing. The assumption is not that we quarantine only because you've got COVID-19. Yeah,
1: but the point is, like I said, so in most of our centers, we've already screened them. Yes. In most of our centers, we've also administered tests. So we know their status.
0: So the answer is no, they will not be quarantined. No. They will not be. Okay. Uh, Anonymous, good afternoon, and thank you so much for calling. Good afternoon. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead with your question, uh, Anonymous.
1: Yes, I. I want to ask whether um, I do qualify for this remission. Um, I'm doing a a life sentence uh, since 2008. Mm-hmm. So I want to know whether I do qualify, which is i for the twelve years imprisonment. And I'm also a uh, example. Whether the example people are for these things. All
0: right. Crispin, that's he, he okay. says he's disabled, and are you saying he's serving? I think he's saying he's serving his last sentence. Would that qualify him? Um, anonymous, uh, if you I don't can't mind. Hear the
1: line. It, it would depend what he's also incarcerated for. Yes. That's, that's the test. Yes, I was going to. Uh,
0: anonymous, would you be able to tell us if, you know, whether your crime was a violent crime or not? Would you be able to tell us?
1: Yes, that's a that's, that's, uh, murder, ma'am.
0: It was murder. So okay. Unfortunately, you don't you qualify. Don't all right. I'm sorry, Anonymous. I, 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 that line is very bad. And of course, we understand why. So he, he would definitely not qualify either way, Crispin?
1: Yeah, he definitely would not qualify because of the category of crime that, yeah. is, that, that he has committed.
0: Okay. I think we've got one last question for you, Crispin, and then we'll let you go. I know you've got to go, but I really appreciate it. And when when can we start seeing this release happen, Crispin?
1: I think these releases will take place over a period of 10 weeks. Um, uh, but I cannot say specifically which date it would begin. But they are effective as of the announcement of the president. So this would mean that the relevant parole boards are putting in place measures to start um, assisting the process.
0: Is there any, um, I don't know if I missed it, anything that relates to drugs uh, with regards to the category of people that you guys are going to be releasing?
1: Uh, what we have said is non-violent contact I mean, non-violent crime. Yes. And those are, those are the people. So it doesn't specify the specific offense that an individual has committed.
0: Um, yeah. So, so, so that's it, why I was saying maybe be I missed it. difficult to
1: answer because I mean, mm. the, uh, the crime of drugs involves other ancillary activities with it as well. Um, So So if you're a
0: peddler in other words a drug lord is what I'm asking you haven't killed anybody but you're a drug lord Listen I I think I'm just asking because people want to know I I I I also don't know The primary
1: consideration is of course the length of your sentence Yes Uh, So that's that's also something that people need to take into account Okay uh, It's not let's say you've committed a non-violence offences, but you've, sent it, you've been sentenced for 18 years, now you can walk free. Yes. And not necessarily. It's if you are due for parole okay. within a certain time frame, okay. then you are now permitted to then be, that parole process is then somewhat fast-tracked.
0: I fully, fully understand. now. I hope it's very clear. It's, it's now clear to me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Crispin, for giving us the time, Perry, and uh, he's the spokesperson of Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services. I really appreciate the fact that you spoke to us. Good afternoon, and thank you to you.